more to the Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. If you've ever wondered just how involved God is in your everyday life, then you come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Jason Com, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives through the Ten Commandments, baptism, the Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to Living the Faith. Welcome to Living the Faith, episode 18, His Only Son, Our Lord. I am Pastor Tom Marsa, Senior Pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And I'm Vicar Jason Kahn. And we're glad that you're with us as this week we're covering the second article, part one, and we're shifting our focus from God the Father to God the Son, our Lord. And so if you remember, as we began our journey of living the faith this year, episode two, we asked the question, who is Jesus? So if you want to review a little bit, maybe perhaps maybe go back and listen to episode two again, it kind of falls in line with what we're doing here. But so we asked some basic questions and answered those questions of Christ is the one who bore our sins, went to the cross on our behalf, that Jesus is the very Son of God, and he's also then Lord of everything. And as we go through the next couple of episodes, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. We did talk about it, like I said, back in episode two, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper into exactly who is Jesus, what his identity is, and most of all, what does that mean for us today? How does that impact how we live out our life of faith? I mean, what is that? Uh, okay, this is Jesus. That's great. But how does it and why does it affect who we are today? In this episode, we're going to mainly focus on the identity of Jesus. Next time, we're going to talk a lot more about his actions and what he does. But today, we're really going to focus on who he is. And so let's start by saying that Jesus is at the same time our creator and redeemer. Now you might be thinking to yourself, wait, I thought that God the Father was the creator. I thought he was the creator of everything. Well, if we think back to Genesis 1, you'd be absolutely right. God creates the whole universe and everything in it just by speaking. You know, his very first words were, let there be light, and it just happened. So whenever God spoke, reality changed. But then if you look at John chapter 1 in the New Testament, John begins his gospel in a very different way from how the other gospel writers begin theirs. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he testifies that Jesus is this very Word of God, that God the Father actually created everything through God the Son, through his word, which in a very real and literal sense, that's Jesus himself. And so Jesus, he's always been around. Jesus has been ruling with the Father since the very beginning. But at a certain point in time, Jesus, as the Son of God, he took on human flesh. And of course, we know this in the Christmas story, how uh, the virgin conceived and bore a son. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. But this this whole process of Jesus becoming a human, uh, there's a very fancy word for this in the church in which we call the incarnation. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you know that whenever we throw out a fancy word, we love to talk about it a little bit and what it actually means. And there's a chance we've actually mentioned this before, uh, but the incarnation of Jesus, that is simply Jesus going from, you know, not being a human to becoming a human. There's a very specific point in time in which that happens. Taking on flesh, basically, is uh, the incarnation tells us God 
taking on flesh. So Jesus taking on flesh, living and dwelling among us is, is very important to that. And notice the word usage by John is very specific. And so while the Gentile audience wouldn't automatically make the connectivity between John chapter 1, verse 1 and Genesis 1, verse 1, there's no mistaking that the Jewish audience would immediately see the word order and the word usage by John is definitely connecting Jesus back into uh, what's happening in Genesis. And be aware of the fact that the first 14 verses of John continually refers to this, the word this, and, and obviously as you draw to a close of those first 14 verses, it's very clear that the word of which John is talking about is none other than Jesus himself and the connection between God the Father and God the Son. In other words, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is not somebody that uh, God simply chose to do that, but it was his very Son. And that word incarnation, as mentioned, is very much uh, Jesus taking on human flesh, and so it's the fact that God is dwelling among us. Now, in life, that seems to be a rather radical claim, doesn't it? Um, that somehow either God is God or he is man. It, and this idea, well, wait a minute, how can he be both? That's always one of those ongoing questions and debates that has been going on in the church. Yes, we confess Jesus is the Lord. Yes, we confess that Jesus is my Lord. But wait a minute, he's taking on flesh, he's a human being, how can he be those things? Uh, but the reality is, and we're going to talk about it next week, is how he gives us eternal life, all of that, and that's next week's discussion. But this idea of him being both man and God is one of those confusing things that has been debated in the church ever since his ascension into heaven. This is one of those debates. Is he God? Is he man? Is he both? Well, the reality is, he's both. Scriptures testify that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that sounds like 200. How can it be? If he's 100% that and he's 100% the other, wait a minute, that that doesn't make sense. Can he be just 50-50? No, he's got to be 100% of both 100% of the time. And you know what? We can only wrap our brains around that so much. And people have tried to explain Jesus' identity as God and man. And some people in the church in the past have said, you know what? In in these moments, he's he's acting as, as just God. And in these moments, he's acting as just a man. But the scriptures make it pretty clear that Jesus, as the son of God, is also the son of man all the time. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about this a little bit more uh, in just a couple minutes at the end of the episode, but just hang on to that for right now. Like, how, how can Jesus be both God and man all the time? And so we already mentioned that uh, Jesus is Lord. And part of that is he is our Lord, meaning that he keeps us under his eternal care, that he is for us and did everything on earth for us. And at the same time, the scriptures also testify that Jesus Jesus is the Lord of everything. So he is, yes, he is our personal savior, but he's more than that. He's actually the ruler over all of creation and rules at the Father's side in heaven. Uh, just a couple of Bible passages we want to talk about real quick. The first is uh, when Jesus is talking to his disciples on the mountain at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, the first thing he tells them is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So all the authority in heaven and earth rests in a human's hands. 
but they're in Jesus' hands, true God and true man. So that's that's pretty awesome to think about, that God entrusts the universe to a human at the same time that universe is entrusted to his son. Um, and Paul even kicks this up a notch in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, this is kind of drawing from uh, the, the theme from the youth gathering from 2022, how in all things— Christ rules in all things. Uh, Jesus rules over them all. And then specifically in uh, Colossians 1 verse 17, in him, in Jesus, all things hold together. And so Jesus did not just save us and then take a step back and say, well, whatever happens on earth happens on earth. No, Jesus rules among everything. And, uh, you know, is really in and involved with all things and cares about all things that God has made through him. Um, and so as, as we've been talking about this now, we've mentioned the incarnation once, uh, let's transition into why God becoming a human in Christ, why that's such a big shocking deal and why it matters so much to, to us today. Well, think about it this way. Jesus has a human ancestry, a genealogy. Uh, if you've ever been able to trace some of your genealogy and you know your great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, five great-grandfather, I mean, there's there's that genealogy. And as we went through our trek through the scriptures, you know that in two separate places uh, in the scriptures, uh, Matthew being one of them, uh, the genealogy of Jesus is traced. And so you can see his connectivity to the history of God's people. But also because he is truly human, uh, he has human needs. He has human desires. I mean, the, the shortest passage in the Bible is Jesus wept. I mean, he lost a close friend in death and he wept. And we know that he was hungry. Uh, he's out in the wilderness uh, 40 days fasting uh, after his baptism. And what does the devil do? He uses that as an opportunity to tempt him. Yet, even though he is human, and yes, he was tempted unlike us, he did not fall to that temptation. So part of that is experiencing true human suffering, hunger, difficulty. He's out in the storm. Uh, all those things that impact us on a regular basis because of our humanness. Yes, he did that. And what that means is that he truly uh, shares in our humanity. What it, and what that means is this. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to lose. He knows what it's like to be hurt. So he's not a God out there sitting on some throne in a cloud somewhere looking down on us and say, oh, those poor humans, you know, they, they're dealing with this and they're dealing with that. Actually living and dwelling among us. That's one of the terms that I like to use a lot in sermons, living and dwelling among us. And that means he knows firsthand. He's experienced it. He's been there. He doesn't just know he's been there. And that makes a big difference because even in our own life, when we deal with things, uh, well, you don't understand. You've never been there. You've never lost the love. Uh, you never lost a child or you've never lost a spouse or, you know, you've never been ill in that manner. And when you're dealing with somebody, as an example, if you find out you get a cancer diagnosis, how much comforting it is to be able to talk to someone who has also had a cancer diagnosis and is now cancer-free to understand the journey and the experience they've gone through. Not that it's exactly like you, but you, you, you appreciate that. And the same can be said to know that we have a God 
who has actually been around uh, uh, and knows what it's like to do and experience the things that we do, it does impact it. So God in the flesh, incarnation, is very important for us understanding who and what Jesus is. It wasn't enough for God to know about our suffering. He entered into this creation as a human to actually experience it himself. And so what's amazing about Jesus is that nobody knows what we go through better than Jesus because he's been there. And at the same time, nobody loves us better than Jesus because he took all of our burdens, all of our pain and suffering upon himself on that cross and triumphed over it. And he won victory over the sin and brokenness in our lives. And so who better to help us, who better to love us than Jesus himself, who entered into our humanity to live as one of us, to die as one of us, but to rise again as only God could. And so that is given to us as well, that promise of eternal life. And again, uh, that's just a sneak peek into next week. We're going to talk more about exactly what Jesus does uh, for us and what he did for us on earth. Uh, But for now, just know that who better to know us and what we're going through and help us overcome it than Jesus himself. And so what's really remarkable about God is that uh, I hope you got the sense from the past few weeks uh, that God the Father, he is He is holy and completely on another level of existence than we are. God being the perfect holy creator of all things. And we are just sinners and screw-ups, you know, human, human creatures. Um, and so to call the eternal son of God our human brother— is insane, honestly. That's wild. And that's also the truth, uh, that Jesus calls us more than just our servants, but also our friends. And he means that at at a very human level, because he's been there. He is one of us. And we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but Jesus as a human and as God, that is God the Father's ultimate revelation of himself. So if we want to see who God really is, what he really does, we have to look at Jesus, a human, specifically on the cross. That that was the most God moment in all of history, was Jesus dying on that cross um, as God and as man for you and me. And it's through that death on the cross in which he has redeemed us and bought us back from our sins. Well, and circling back uh, to John chapter one, you know, in the beginning was the word. So many times as we talk about the scriptures, uh, whether we're last year trekked through the scriptures, reading scripture for devotions, for a lot of people, uh, it's dead words on a page. Um, Obviously, I'm a person who loves to read. I love to read not just professional books, but uh, novels of all kinds of sorts. And uh, in my personal experience, reading it transforms you and takes you to that place and where you're at. But for a lot of people, words are simply dead writing on a page. And so Jesus as the word comes off those pages of scripture and actually living and breathing and dwelling among us. So he's actually this uh, word walking around, preaching, teaching, performing miracles, ultimately, as we mentioned, going to the cross. But it's like as if he's come off of the pages of, of scripture and now is walking around on us. And that 
when you stop to think about it, as Vicar was saying, that's an amazing thing because we're not just reading about it in Jesus. We are experiencing in the sense that he was there. Now, granted, that was 2,000 years ago. He's not walking around in life now. But to know that it wasn't that just God sent down and had uh, this message written on a book or had somebody else write it down for him, but that he actually, in a very real way, was walking around living the very message that he was delivering to his people was in a very real sense, in and through him. And so in that, as mentioned earlier, we see all, all authority and heaven and earth has been given to him. Uh, he loves us unconditionally, but all that comes down to walking and breathing around with us. And that brings us back then, as Vicar was talking about, to these two natures of Christ. Um, I was kind of um, facetiously asking the question, wait, 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 100 and 100 adds up to 200. Uh, because the reality is, philosophically speaking, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, uh, how can that be? Because we know that mathematically speaking, uh, sometimes people jokingly say, I give 110% on the on the playing court or the playing field. Well, that's not possible. 100% is 100%. That's as much as there is. And yet, when we describe Jesus' human nature and his godly nature or divine nature, it's 100% God and 100% man. And humanly speaking, the reality is the math doesn't work but it's yet what he told us. We can only understand this so much because the scriptures don't really bother to explain it. You know, you won't find the term, you know, the two natures of Christ or according to Christ's divine or human nature. You won't really find that kind of language in the Bible. That's stuff that the church has added to help us understand Jesus a little more according to the truth of the scripture. But the problem with uh, saying that Jesus has two natures is that this turns into a huge controversy throughout the church's grand history. I mean, people have been arguing about uh, Jesus divine and his human nature and how they interact and what they do and how, like how Jesus lives with them and how it even works. They've been arguing about that for over a thousand years, a long, long time. I would say over 2,000 years. Probably over 2,000 years even. Um, and that's partially why we have these creeds to begin with. We kind of mentioned um, going back to that uh, second episode of our Living the Faith series, and as Pastor Marcus loves to say, the creeds were written out of controversy. Uh, a lot of the reason was because they couldn't agree on, well, how does the two natures of Christ work, his divine nature and his human nature? And so what we would say from our Lutheran perspective is pretty simple, doesn't really explain it, but it is still the truth that Jesus' two natures, they are indivisible and yet they are distinct. So you can't pull them apart from each other. Um, but there's still, you have to you have to keep them distinct from one another. He has these two natures: a divine nature according to God, and a human nature according to you know you and me. And so, it's not like they're glued together like two pieces of wood. That's uh, just Jesus simply is 100% God and 100% man. 100% of the time, trying to pull that apart or trying to say, okay, Jesus did this um, according to his godly nature and this according to his divine nature, that gets us into all sorts of trouble. Um, but just for now, know that he's 100% God and 100% man 100% of the time, and that's just 
what the scriptures teach. And is it a little sneak peek? We're going to come back to this two natures, uh, especially like when we get into the Lord's Supper, because this is what sets us as Lutherans distinctively different, uh, even in the Lord's Supper, than from our other sisters in the faith and other denominations. Because one of the ways that we see it as to what scripture says is that it's bread and body. The whole, it, it's both. It is still the bread, but it's also the body. Uh, it is still wine, but it's also blood. Now, obviously, as you may have heard say before, in, with, and under the bread and wine is the very body and blood of Christ. Oh, that sounds so nice, and it's true. Uh, but it really comes down to this, that it's 100% bread, 100% body, both at the same time. Again, not easy to understand, something we need to accept by faith, and the reason is that's what Scripture says. So that's that's where we go with it. And we'll, as I said, when we get into Lord's Supper, uh, talking about the body and blood, uh, bread and wine, we will be discussing that again. Well, we hope that our time together was helpful for you today as you get ready to uh, read your the Scripture readings this week and look at some of the prompts and make some notes as we discuss Jesus as Lord. Uh, but do know that uh, the there's lots of Bible passages. Perhaps if you have a study Bible, you can look up some of the other passages as well. And uh, we will be talking about the two natures of Christ in Bible study uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, but do know that if you uh, want to be a part of that Bible study, you simply email us at Zion or myself, and we'll send you the Zoom link. Uh, Vicar does the Bible study hybrid, so you don't have to be right here in Bismarck. You don't even have to be right in the building to be able to experience that. If you'd like to be a part of that, just let us know and we'll send you the link as well. Lord's blessings as you continue to live out that life of faith and as we dive into the scriptures and its impact on who and what we are in Christ Jesus. Lord's blessings. Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.